anytime that I'll be at a party and somebody will ask what I do, you know, before I started working with human design, even if it's people I don't think will get it, people will tend to open up and share about their own experiences. So if I said, you know, I do mediumship and connect with people who have crossed over back in the day, you know, people would be like, you know, it's really crazy. I have these really crazy experiences. Sometimes I feel like blah, blah, blah. And then we'll write it off to it being, you know, this weird thing that sometimes happens versus understanding the depth of it. Spirituality gets a lot of side eye these days. And admittedly, some of it is pretty well-deserved. Things can feel a little bit floaty, a little bit out there, and more than a little weird. But I promise, it's not that crazy. It just needs to feel a little more human. And that, my friends, is why I'm here. I'm your host, Caitlin, and my goal is to take the super woo and bring it back down to planet Earth. Whether you're spiritually curious, spiritually closeted, or just a spiritual seeker who's itching to take things a little less seriously, there's something here for you. This is a Soulfire Productions podcast. Good day and hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of Not That Crazy. It is me, Caitlin. I hope you're having the best day or morning or night or afternoon, (laughs) covering all my bases there, whatever time of day it is, whatever day it is. Hope it's a good one. I cannot wait to share this conversation with you. I had so much fun speaking with today's guest, Jess Babaco. That is a tongue twister. Guest Jess, say that five times fast. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like you guys are really going to love hearing from her. You're going to love this conversation. Like I said, it was so much fun. She and I really bounce off of each other so well in all things human design. Uh, she is a fellow human design Uh, lover, experimenter, and she's also the founder of Love Your Woo, which is a global community. I love this tagline so much. It's so on brand for me as well, but it is where the woo is no longer taboo and your weird is your greatest wisdom. I mean, we love it. We love it. She is also a podcast host. Uh, You'll hear her actually mention a new one that she's working on that I personally am so excited about. I'll let you find out as you get into the episode. But she also works with spiritual entrepreneurs. She's an intuitive. Um, She really uh, works to help them, you know, not just use their human design, but also their intuition to build a business that really works for them in their uniqueness, in all of their gifts and all the things. We love that too. And this conversation, part of the reason it was so fun is as a fellow lover of human design, We talk a whole lot about human design, but not in the traditional, like, this is human design, you know, intro, one-on-one, what is an energy type? We talk about our personal experiences, which I think, at least for me, it has been my favorite way to kind of absorb the experiment from other people is really to hear about their personal experiences. And so in this episode, a lot of what you'll hear is us sharing us personally what has benefited us, our experience with it. You know, one of the things that really stands out from this conversation is both of us not just experimenting with the tool, because I mean, that is, at least in my belief, so much of the point is to experiment, but to, you know, really share in the unique ways that we've come to understand our own processes with it. Um, For instance, you know, talking about how a lot of the traditional self-projected tools that are talked about um, didn't really work for me and, and what actually did and, and what I've learned about myself and my brand of self-projected projector. Um, that's just one of the things that stands out. But there's so much good stuff in this episode. You'll also hear us talk about 
how we've seen this work with clients and, and their processes and how it's benefited them. Um, different approaches to, you know, implementing the system, all the things. Great, great conversation. So without further ado, I'm just going to let you get into it. I will see you on the other side for a few announcements, housekeeping, all the things. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Jess. Welcome, Jess. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be such a good chat. I already feel like we're so aligned, so can't wait to see where this goes. Um, I like to start out all of my conversations with my guests with two questions. So the first is, what's something that you are absolutely loving lately? It could be something tangible or a practice, really anything that comes to mind. Yeah, great question. Um, I am loving, I just moved into a new condo that just feels really, really good. And I am loving alone time. Like I, I have been, my journey started out in 2018, like being on the move and just like basically being like nomadic. And I am so just appreciating the slow nature of being in one place and, and having space and routine, which I never thought I'd hear myself say. So that's yeah, what I'm I loving feel that, currently. I feel that so much. I'm on the nomadic portion of my journey right now, actually. So I'm, yeah. I'm, it's so funny. And I feel like I'm getting ahead of myself here, but it's so funny living in alignment with human design. Um, as you may or may not know, I'm, that's my bread and butter too. So it's so funny. Cause it's like, my mind desires to land somewhere, but my authority is like, nope, not time. Nope, not time. So you just have to play this dance of like, I know it's not time, but I'm kind of getting frustrated, but I'm just going to roll with it. Cause I know if I make the decision, it's not going to be right. And, and whatever will happen on the other side. So it's such an interesting way of living. Oh, I tried to settle in somewhere for a long time and it did not work. And I was getting so, I'm a four, six emotional manifester. So I was like, just so, so I mean, anger is my thing, but it's like, I was so frustrated and angry. I'm like, why can't I find a place? And then it's all of a sudden it just lined up and it happened. So I so feel you on that. Yeah. It's so funny to the reaction that people give you. It's like, well, why don't you just go somewhere? It's like, I actually, I, I can't. I can't. I <laughs> like literally I can't. can't. Yes. I agree with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, love it. And then a second question, what's something that you are super fired up about right now? Oh my gosh. What am I super fired up about right now? I am super fired up about human design and dating. I just started a human design and dating podcast and I've started actually using human design in my dating life and it has made some really cool shifts and changes. So I'm like very fired up about that right now. I love that. I love yeah. that. I haven't explored that. I'm a one, three self projector projector yeah. for context. Um, and so it's so funny it, before I even really got that into human design with my previous partner, I would say things like, I would love to just have like a separate bedroom that like, maybe I don't sleep there every night, but like, that just sounds really nice to me. Cause like, I'm just some sensitive sometimes at night. Like that just sounds great. And he was like, that's so like not romantic. And then, you know, fast forward till now I learned, I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense. So that sounds fascinating to me. I don't know about you. I obviously I'm also a manifester sacral. Like I cannot sleep in the same bed as anyone else. Like if I sleep next to somebody, I will be up all night long. And especially like all of my partners have been generators or manifesting generators. And I used to have this one partner and he like, he's a generator. So he would want to cuddle at night. And like, I would be, my fingers and toes would be moving. If I was trying to like settle down and he was like trying to hold me, I'm like, 
oh my God, I can't <laughs> stop moving and I'm so uncomfortable. But if I was on the couch, we're hanging out, we're watching TV, I'm good. But no, I, I, I have to sleep in a separate bed. So I'm so glad that you are in the same boat around. Yeah. Like just having your own space to sleep in makes such a difference. Yeah. Well, and it was interesting with that partner too. He, I learned after the fact he's a manifester. So it wasn't necessarily just that I had an issue with the two of us. That was actually okay, but he had a dog too. So it would be me and him and the dog. And like, I'm sensitive to temperature. So I would overheat. And then I would go to the couch and be like, oh my God, this is blissful. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Yeah. I'm curious actually. I mean, I know you apply this with clients and business and business coaching as well, but what are some of the impacts that you've seen using human design in dating thus far? I know relatively new to that experiment, but. um. Yeah, I would definitely say it's a very new experiment for me, but I will say this. I always had this story. So in college, all of my, most of my friends, I lived in a, my senior year, a house of 14 women and everybody, it was a lot. Um, but everybody was a generator type of some kind. There were a couple of, there was like three of us were manifestors and then it was all generators. And what I found really interesting about that was, you know, in college, I, you know, I was, I took care of myself. I liked, like, it was, I thought I was cute in college, you know, I was doing the, the college thing. I was up on the trends. And what I would notice was I never had the same experiences in dating that a lot of my college roommates had. So I would notice a lot of them would go out at the bar and kind of get like picked up at the bar in the traditional way that we think about it. And I never understood for myself, like that really wasn't how it worked for me as a man and and learning that I was a manifester. And, you know, I think the way we think about dating in general is really the sort of like the man is the manifester, the woman is the projector, and the man comes in and he's like, I invite you to this date, and then we have to say yes. And for me as a woman, I was like, that is not my experience at all. And so I've started actually playing around with my strategy of informing and initiating. And like I think back to some of my my relationships have been where I initiated something or I informed. So like a couple, it was maybe like two weeks ago, I was at an event and we were sitting in a circle, um, talking and I kind of just shared, like, I'm single. I'm, I'm, you know, looking to, to date more. I'm in a new city. And I noticed more, some of the men who were in the circle actually coming up to me and like starting conversation with me. And Mm -hmm. so I started to ask this question of like, okay, what if I keep using this strategy? Like what ends up happening? What if I get really direct on my dating profile and just like really use the strategy of informing. I personally love Bumble because I think that it like as a manifester woman, reaching out and making the first move feels good for me. Um, But I would definitely say like, I'm starting to see that there is when I inform and I, it doesn't even just have to be initiate like, Hey, I'm interested in you. It can really just be like putting that energy out there of like, letting people know, Hey, I'm, I'm open. I'm available. I'm dating, etc. That's so fascinating. I can't wait to see how this unfolds and like tune into the podcast. Cause I mean, as a productor, I'm like, Oh my God, please invite me plan all the things I can take all of the the planning and the effort off my plate. That sounds amazing. Um, and it's, it's so interesting, like looking back on previous experiences too, and not having the authority, like 
tapped in um, and seeing where that led me with previous partners too. Because as I reflect, as you're talking, most of my, you know, relationships, even dates have been where I'm invited. Um, but the interesting pattern in me not trusting my authority, not knowing at the time is many of them ended up being not the right fit, which I had an inkling of, but just didn't actually execute on. And I just, you know, I like the attention. I got the invitation. So totally. I might as well go with it. So interesting. Did you find, do you find for yourself that you have like people, especially just curious as self-projected authority? Do you find that you have people to like talk things through so you can hear yourself say the right answer? Yeah, I actually find with my specific style of projection, I like to have someone to reflect it back to me. So I'll speak. I often with, you know, my my trusted close friends and mentors and I'll just say like, I'm going to ramble. And then when they frame it back to me, I'm like, oh, that's it. So it's less that I'm hearing myself, but I like to hear it like the... um projector like or self-projected voice note yourself thing that like never really hit with me because there's something about the feeling into the energy that I get reflected back to me when they say it and I can really tune into you know my chest and my my heart space and see how that feels and then I'm like oh yes oh no whereas if I'm just speaking it's almost like this area is already so active just from the fact of me speaking that sometimes the subtleties of the yes and the no I kind of miss it if I'm just like you know spitballing so I, this is why I love human design and talking to people about it because it's the experiment. Like we, how do we know unless we talk, I mean, I can guess what it feels like to be a generator. I know what it feels like to be in the energy of a generator, but unless I hear them say what their experience of being lit up is like, how do I actually know? So I love that, you know, there's not so many self-projected projectors out there. So I love that you can bring that experience to like, yeah, that's not exactly how the experiment has worked for me, but this is how it does and how empowering to know as well, like yeah. what works for you. And that's one of my favorite parts about human design and, and really like anchoring that in with clients. And I would love to hear your experience on this as well is like, this is, you know, a way it might look, but like for you go play and I'm a one, three, two. So I'm all about the play, like try it on, like flail around a little bit, throw spaghetti at the wall, like see what feels good to you. But like permission to play above all. Cause it's not like I'm going to give you this, you know, set, of rules or guidelines that this is how self-projected looks for everybody. It's like, what feels good to you and what actually resonates for you and tuning into that like biofeedback piece of, no, this actually feels like a yes. This actually feels like a no. It's just such a fascinating um, and fun way to empower people to, to be more of themselves, which is why I love it so much. Totally. I had this thought the other day, somebody sent me something that was like, a, and I know nothing about Kundalini yoga. So this could be so spot on of a thing that you do. I don't know, but somebody sent me this Kundalini yoga thing the other day that was like, here's how you attract more money into your life. And it was literally this like Kundalini practice, but the girl was like, you have to cross your eyes and tap your pinkies together or do some kind of something. <laughs> and I thought to myself, I've always said, like, if you tell someone that in order to manifest something, you have to stand on your head, blow bubbles upside down and like spin around three times. If you really believe that that is going to be the way that you manifest what you want, then that will work. You know, like it's our minds are so strong. And so, you know, I think it's the nuance in understanding um, playing with your design, like 
the way that you feel it works is the way that it's going to work with you. If you, if you have a result, that's a positive result that comes out of whatever it is that you're doing. If it's again, having people reflect it back to you or the voice memo thing or whatever, like that is your way. And then that is the way it's going to show up for you. So yeah, I actually, it's funny that you say that because I recorded an episode a while back about like placebo effect in spirituality and like, who cares if there's proof? Like, as long as you feel that it works for you, like who cares? Cause I feel like there's still kind of in the collective so much flack that comes back to the spiritual community and, you know, some of it's well-deserved and, you know, some of it's just kind of BS, but, um, it just the, the, it baffles me why people get so set on this like proof thing, the prove it, which like, I, I mean, my background's in neuroscience. I was hardcore into the science and the data and the facts and all the things. And then that, that didn't work when I was trying to heal my body, but it's just so baffling to me that like, who cares if there's actual data, quote unquote, like qualitative data is still data, you know? So totally. um, I just think it's super interesting. I was, it's funny, this was popping into my head really randomly as we were just talking before I was a speech therapist and super into like neuroscience and stroke and concussion recovery, all this kind of stuff. But it made me think about, um, in like when children stuttered, oftentimes they would develop something that would be called like a secondary behavior. So if a kid got stuck and they were like stuck on a word and there's something called like a block. So it's like, literally they look almost kind of frozen, you might see a kid like tap on their sternum and it's called a secondary behavior because at one point they tapped on their sternum and it made the words come out. So you'll see them do it because it makes it, and often sometimes it'll work. And then at some point it will stop working to move through whatever that block is when, you know, kids stuttering. But, um, it was just making me think of that as well as like, I think in the spiritual world, like, yeah, if you, Again, I don't know, and I n- never want to knock anything because I don't know anything about Kundalini totally. yoga at all. <laughs> but it's like I don't know. Will that work for everybody to cross their eyes and tap their pinkies together and say a specific sound? Maybe, or maybe it'll work for the people that really resonate with it and they feel that you know. But regardless, who cares? You know, mm-hmm. like who really cares at the end of the day if it's if it's bringing you something that you need in your life. Yeah. And the open-mindedness too, just to try on all the things. Um, I think one of the things that, you know, coming up against so many blocks first with the conventional route and then even with functional medicine that kind of, you know, pushed me into spirituality. Like one of the benefits of that is it really forced me to be open to more than, you know, my little realm of awareness. And even beyond that, I think is like the openness to try things on that might make it a little bit better. So I'm having success with one tool or one practice. That's great. But like, hmm, there's this thing over here that I see other people having really good success with too. Why don't I try that on and see if I like it better? And then why don't I take that? And if I like it, then adapt it to make it more me. I feel like coming a little full circle to the human design piece is just, yeah, that willingness to to try on all the things and not knock it till you try it and not even knock it after you try it. If it doesn't work for you, okay, great, move on. Exactly. But allowing it, I feel like what you just said, I'm like, is it so one in one, three fashion, but it is, it's like, (laughs) if it works for someone, I, and I think this is so much of what we're seeing in the world of like spirituality and coaching and the online business world is, you know, there were a couple of names at the very beginning of time with coaching and spirituality and all this, even just the Gabby Bernsteins and the sort of like amazing gateway pathway leaders in who were like, Hey, 
here is the way and here's the path. And I think so many of us have taken little nuggets of everything, nuggets of wisdom. And now because there's so many people waking up and, and, you know, discovering what spirituality means to them that we're seeing so much nuance and variation and um, so much of an ability to really be able to, or so much, I should say so much of an invitation to trust ourselves more and what feels right for us. And instead of trying to find the guru or the leader outside of self who has the answer, actually be able to see other people as inspiration. They're showing us something and asking ourselves, what does that mean to me? And how does that fit into my journey and my story versus trying to find some path outside of self? Yeah, I love that. Because I feel like back, I mean, I loved Gabby Bernstein and, and all the, the people back in the day. I mean, I still love them. But yeah. Um, it was my experience that like, well, this didn't really work for me or like this didn't really work for me and I'm not getting the right results. It's like just the one size fits all that it kind of felt back in the day. Like nothing ever really worked for me. Um, and so it kind of forces you to to explore more and, and look at other things and individualize it to a degree. And I'm curious to hear your perspective on this being a, you know, human design informed business soulpreneur coach um, as you are. But the, the coaching sphere and like even that word, I'm like, what even is that? It's like, yeah. to me, it's just someone to hold space for me while I try a bunch of shit on and figure it out for myself. It's not like I'm going to you because you have my answers. It's like, no, I, I actually just like to have someone who's also tried a lot of things and who maybe is a few steps ahead of me just hold space for me because my path is not going to be the same as their path, but they might have bumped up against a few of the same roadblocks that I'm going to. So having someone there that I can you know, come to when I'm having a meltdown moment or, you know, have this issue or that question. Um, that's what it's about for me more than somebody on a hill who has all of my answers. And if I just do the same thing that they did, I'm going to have that absolute success. Cause that, that never actually worked. Totally. I think we're coming into such a time of like intuitive innovation, you know, where the reason I love human design and I use it in my practice, because Way back when I started out in 2015, 2016, doing um, intuitive readings. And so my path really began. I was speech therapy, working in a hospital and like discovering at the same time that I was like, oh, wow, like I could talk to dead people. This is crazy, right? (laughs) So I'm having this- Casual day at the office. Yeah. (laughs) Like I'm having this internal battle of like, who am I? Am I this spiritual person that I'm seeing on TV, like Miss Cleo, or am I this like neuroscience speech therapy person? Like I thought I was going to be because that's where I thought of what I thought I was supposed to do, but also- had a lot of interest in it as well. And so I think, you know, for me personally, when human design came in in 2018 ish time, it was this like, oh my God, I don't have to, I don't have to give people answers. And not that, not that that's necessarily what I was supposed to be doing and supposed to not necessarily that that's what I was doing in my, you know, intuitive readings, but to some degree, somebody's coming to you going, I think, you know, more than me, can you help me because I'm stuck. And the way it always came through for me much more in my intuitive readings and still does is more about the energetics and where energy is stuck and still inviting people to go inward and discover that for themselves. But, you know, I view, I don't think anybody really considers themselves a coach. Like there's some people that do, but I feel like most people are like, I, I'm a Jess Bubbico. Like, I don't know. I, yeah. but this is my energy. And when you come into my energy, here's what you're going to experience. So, you know, for me, 
as a manifester, I know that my energy is very initiating for other people. And so I see myself as somebody that people are coming to because they really want to wake up to their unique way of doing things. So, you know, I personally love the frame of business because there are so many people right now who are waking up to their gifts, wanting to step out of their corporate jobs, and they're really wanting support and understanding what are my gifts and how do I monetize this? And I don't even mean it by way of like monetize in a weird way where it's like, but it's like, how do I create a living being myself and doing what I love to do? And so I see the coaching space for me as a place where I get to activate people into their gifts by using human design to help them remember exactly what those gifts are and trust them and trust their intuition. So it's like all of these pieces from my past that come together to go like, okay, helping people with self-trust, helping them follow their intuition, using the language of strategy and authority is very helpful for people. I think that it's, you know, very understandable. You can listen to different podcasts You can and you can reflect. Um, so I see it less of, but, you know, this might be different for you and I, because not, neither of us are generator types. And I think so many generator types are so brilliantly gifted. Like I just recorded a podcast uh, for my Love Your Woo podcast with a woman who does uh, intuitive PR and she's created a system to help people do that, you know? And so for her as a generator, creating systems is awesome, you know? And so I think it's such a, a nuanced conversation, but even within that, if we go to somebody to learn their process, it's what parts of this process work for me? How does, you know, what resonates with me on this versus coaching should be a space to go and learn and forget it, give up all autonomy and give it to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause there's so much information out there. Like you could go learn a million things about anything and that like, that's not really the point of it. Almost. I feel at this point, it's like, how do we actually like take all that information that's just like floating around in my head and this this idea that I maybe have and it would be really nice to like do this almost like permission to dream bigger too in a sense because I mean I for a long time only saw myself in the like nine to five even though that felt so destructive on my body and I didn't really understand why at the time but it's like permission to go after the thing that actually feels good for you. And even if things feel pretty good, is there a way that we can tweak it to make it a little more aligned for you and make it feel a little bit better and maybe a little more successful and easeful and all the things? Um, so I really, I really love that. And it's interesting having embarked on the entrepreneurship journey. Like I wish I had found human design before I started this whole thing because being a projector in business, it's like a whole different ballgame. And I'm sure for you too, um, as you know, a non-sacral being, it's like, almost like I'm very overwhelmed by all of the things sometimes. And it took me a really long time to figure out, oh no, like I'm just not actually meant to do things that way. Like that's just what I'm here to do is create a whole new way that works for me and, and me alone. Um, and so having that empowerment from the get-go, I feel like would have changed the whole game for me. Um, totally. So yeah. yes. It's like the, having that user manual. And I think honestly, again, I, I think a lot of people in the online coaching world, and it's not to knock anybody because I think that this was needed at a certain point in time where I think totally. a lot of people mastered their own human design, quote unquote mastered. They, they started to get really good at it. And instead of continuing to follow it, 
they were like, oh, this is the magic pill. Let me bottle this and sell it to other people. And then we got an, a market that was very noisy, full of how-to information that isn't necessarily the how-to. Like there's so many people out there talking about funnels or, you know, less now, but a lot of people who were talking about like, oh, funnels, I did funnels. It worked for me. Here's how I built it. It took me 700 hours to do it, but I did it. Now you should do it. When really like, what if that funnel person just went out into the world and was like, Hey, I build funnels. Do you need support making a funnel? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, not to say I'm not pro or against funnels. I don't personally use them in my business, but I think that's a lot of what we've seen has happened. It's like, I mastered my human design. I bottled it up and now I'm selling it to other people. But I think a lot of those people who took the process, bottled it up and sold it are now starting to go like, what am I doing? This isn't fulfilling or it's not right versus letting themselves be in the energy of what their gift is. Yeah, there's so many ways to package your gift. I mean, exactly to what you were saying. It's like, I don't necessarily need to teach you how to build funnels. If I have this reputable process, I can just sell my process instead of teaching you how to build the thing because we're it's yeah. now just like duplicating the effort and I feel like for a long time there's been this almost like blinders kind of sensation of this is what people are doing I need to get people into a container with me one-on-one to show them how to do the thing instead of just selling the thing it's yeah like that's so much less effort and time for everybody involved um so I think I'm I'm kind of excited to see how things go in terms of almost just the explosion I kind of feel that's like we're on the precipice of it in terms of how do we each get to use our unique gifts and, and package them and, and put them out there in a way that's really unique to us, just as unique to us as the gifts. So I think that's totally. really interesting. I think we're going to see a massive shift. This has been coming to me over the past couple of days and I'm willing to be wrong about it, but I've been having <laughs> this come through. And I also know the freak to genius channel is activated right now in the yep. collective, which is the 4323. Um, I think we're going to start to see this realization from people of the idea of like, you don't have to be a solopreneur. And I think we're going to start to see a lot of people start to actually come together and use their gifts together because it can be very tiring being a solopreneur. Yep. Totally. (laughs) Raising my hand. Yeah. And I, like I have hired people because it's really challenging, but the interesting thing about hiring them is I'm not hiring them going like you are a love your woo, such and such. Like I've actually hired them being like, I'm hiring like your business and what you do to come and contract Mm. and help me. So I think we're going to start to see people get really exhausted and tired and realize that like, I think a new form of entrepreneurship, it's like co-entrepreneurship is going to be birthed, you know, where we, people start to work together, they create their businesses together, but in a way where it creates freedom, where if people are like, okay, you know what, this is starting to feel like this isn't the direction we're supposed to go in anymore. We can break off and still be autonomous and happy, but, you know, feel fulfilled in our works. So yeah, it's a more like collaborative atmosphere. Yes. Rather than this like individual, like I need to succeed on my own or it's not the thing, or I need to have a billion people that are working for me that are like my thing. Yeah. But no, like if if you want to have your own company, you would just want to help me like edit my TikToks, like great. Yeah. <laughs> that makes yep. me happy. Yeah. Totally. Um, I'm curious what like 
are a couple, probably there's more than one, but like, what are some of the biggest shifts you've seen in working with clients since adding human design into the mix? Um, cause I, you were doing intuitive readings before that too, but how has that shifted their almost like success and trajectory, um, since you've kind of integrated that? My gosh, I feel like there's so many things I could speak <laughs> I know, to with that, right? Question. Probably you too. I mean, I'm sure, right. You've seen, it's just so helpful for people. Um, the first thing I'll say, and this was my biggest frustration that I can really like where I feel like, uh, I started using it, like really leaning into it in the first place was like, it was easy for me to see somebody and see who they were and what they were about and what their gifts were. But because of the conditioning that so many people hold and the self-doubt, it's like once they left the room, it was like, okay, maybe they're going to believe this or maybe they're not going to believe it. So with human design, I think it gives people a level of autonomy where they're not, again, relying upon like, oh, she's telling me that I am such and such and I believe it, but I'm scared. Or I'm, it's like they suddenly develop this level of like autonomy and independence with their chart to go, oh, yeah, this resonates. And I know I've got to work on these beliefs that are coming up. So I'd say that would be the first one. Um, and I, I just feel like it's leading to a lot more innovation. You know, I feel like it's leading to a lot of clients being like, okay, I can think outside of the box. I do want to do things differently. I do want to shift how I'm creating my business or whatever it may be, you know, and, and I see it's creating a lot more ease in people's lives. You know, they're not so stressed out trying to make, make shit happen. Somebody else's way, you know, there's just more trust, more self-trust more trust in the universe. And then I would say for myself, I feel like it can serve people a whole lot better. You know, I've got a defined will center. I haven't seen your chart. Do you have a defined will center? No, okay. I'm completely open except for um, throat and identity. Okay. I've got the defined will. So I'm like, let's go, let's do this. Like if I, once I decide it, it's happening. It's, there's no question about it. Um, and for other people, that's not how they operate. And I can't <laughs> nope. expect that from other people, especially from a business perspective. So um, knowing that I think has helped me to better serve people and meet people where they're at. Mm. Has anybody come to you like not interested in the human design things and you somehow find a way to work it in and utilize that? Because I mean, human design has benefited me so much. Like it's baffling to me. And as you continue to dig and, and uncover the deeper layers, it's like, it just keeps going and going and going. Totally. Um, and so like one of my passions really is to kind of bridge the worlds of, you know, kind of the, the mainstream and the spiritual and kind of how do we translate these tools to something that feels a little bit more accessible for people who maybe aren't into the woo yet. Um, yep. Signed up for a yeah. <laughs> challenging job there, but, yeah. um, but I'm, I'm so it's fascinates me. So I'm curious if you've had anybody that has been that been a little bit resistant to it or perhaps not even resistant, just like not super into it at first. And then somehow in, you know, the massaging of the things in your work together, they've kind of like turned around on it and, and seen how they can benefit. I feel like that's more so happened in my personal life mm. more so than it has in my business life. I think right now I've started to really shift myself into um, 
Like, I mean, you got to figure people were coming to me before because they were wanting to tap into their spiritual gifts, you know? So I think I get a lot of people, but it's been a lot of closeted woo people, which is where I was, you know, like I'm working in corporate. I'm supposed to be a speech therapist and I'm having these really weird experiences. What am I supposed to do with that? You know? And what I actually found Um, I'd say like, again, I think family and friends are more so who I've like converted over to human design to some degree, Um, not even converted, but I've seen there's been a shift in a deeper understanding, but I would say with my, um, uh, uh, most of the clients I've worked with and, and anytime that I'll be at a party and somebody will ask what I do, you know, before I started working with human design, people will tend to, even if it's people I don't think will get it, people will tend to open up and share about their own experiences. So if I said, you know, I do mediumship and connect with people who have crossed over back in the day, you know, people would be like, you know, it's really crazy. I have these really crazy experiences. Sometimes I feel like blah, blah, blah. And then we'll write it off to it being, you know, this weird thing that sometimes happens versus understanding the depth of it. But yeah, I would, I'd say that's been my experience. Do you just have, do you have the one eight channel? Uh, no, I have 1333. Ah, uh, okay, cool. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. So all about storytelling. I was just going to so, say, telling I'm like, give narrative. me all the mics all the time. <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. It's very funny. Um, my favorite thing, I, I feel like my favorite thing with people, I mean, my dad and my brother are so like anti-woo. They're like, what the heck are you doing? We have no idea, but like, good for you, like pat, pat. Um, But my favorite, I think, memory since I got into human design was (laughs) my brother was like, I think I'm going to need to hear a little more about this. I said like one thing about, uh, I don't even remember what part it was, but like one specific thing about like being a protector and a provider for his people. And he was like, Mm, like that lands with me. So I'm like, I'm convinced that all it takes is one little moment like that to get people in. And then they're like, okay, I I think I might need to learn a little bit more about this. Totally. And I, it's, I think that's it. I think it's the resonance when you hear something that really resonates. It's like, oh, wow. You know, I mean, for me, I was hell bent on, I was like, okay, I'm creating that I'm creating a, um, I wanted to travel. So like where I was at was I started my business. So I'm a fourth line in human design. So community is like everything for me. And pretty much all of my opportunities come through my network, including being here today. Right. So it's like (laughs) for me personally, you know, I started out creating my business offline. I was living in Charlotte, North Carolina, doing my thing, creating my business through my community. And then I said, well, I want to travel the world and I have a local business. So what do I do? And I was, I was hell bent on building a business that I could scale using the systems that we had, you know, heard about with, um, here's how you build a successful online business. I was like, well, if I want to travel, like I have to do it somebody else's way, my way, I don't trust myself. I won't be able to do it. Um, And when I learned in 2018 that I was a manifester, like that hit hard. It was like, oh my gosh, that makes my whole life make sense. I need to know more about that, which was ultimately what led me down the, the, and, and being emotional authority, because I was, I was leaping, not looking and just, (laughs) it was a dumpster fire. You know, I was constantly like, yes, I'll do that. And then having to back myself off and be like, okay, wait, maybe no, I shouldn't. And just understanding emotional authority was a game changer. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting because I feel like one of the not often enough talked about benefits of it is learning to like really own your yeses and own your nos and own your timing. Like you don't owe anybody an answer right away, especially for an emotional authority. But even for me, sometimes it's like, I don't have like a a clear yes right now. So like, I don't really know. And, And learning to be okay with not knowing for yourself, like clarity will come when it comes. It's a moment to moment type of thing. So it really forces you to stay present in a sense, but also in communication with the other, like, I don't know right now. Can I get back to you on Friday? Like finding ways to make it super easy. It doesn't have to be this whole like big to do, but like what honors my process and what honors my clarity and my timing. So, which ultimately makes it better for both of us. Yes. And in that too, it's like learning somebody else's and knowing the human design of people closest to you. You know, my best friend's a one, three sacral MG. I don't ask her if she wants to do something till like the day of, or the day before, because chances are her answer might change when the time comes closer. And they always say that for manifesting generators. So it's like, if I don't put, cause I think sometimes we attach meaning to things that don't mean anything at all. It's like uh, the four agreements. They say, don't take anything personally. It's like, well, if I thought my best friend, for example, was like, I had doubts. Oh my gosh, she must not like me because she doesn't want to commit to anything until like the day before or the day of, or what's wrong with me. It's like, no, we just mechanically all operate really differently. And I think what we're learning to listen to on the inside is like, where is the universe trying to take me when I listen to my authority and I let there be time for my yes and no. And I let myself feel into it and say, Hey, I'll get back to you in a couple of days. Ultimately something might come up in that time frame that I need to like know about that I wouldn't have known had I just said yes immediately off the bat because I'm supposed to give an answer immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like one of the hardest parts is really tuning into the body for all that, for all the information and the answers. Cause we're so conditioned to live in the mind and the mind is, I mean, we're so disconnected from our bodies cause we're so in the mind too. And it's like, my mind is still, and I'm, you know, not new to this whole ball game, but like my mind still will freak out and scream sometimes. And like, you're going to die because you're, you know, doing this or not doing that or like, you know, whatever. It's just so fascinating to like witness that in myself. And I feel like I see that as being and working with uh, clients as well as, as being one of the biggest barriers to entry almost is like, getting them to stop listening to this voice in their head that they've been listening to for direction and confirmation and validation their entire lives and just trust this. And I mean, even beyond that, um, my background post neuroscience is in uh, functional nutrition as well. So the whole, you know, body, how we're feeding ourselves, how we're nourishing ourselves, even somatics, like, do I understand the difference between anxiety, like the sensation of anxiety and a sensation of nervousness that means a no for me. And it's like you you really have to get in there and understand the subtleties of what all these sensations are and like what's an emotional sensation versus what's the anxious sensation and where are all these things coming from. So, I mean, I feel like I'm now making it sound very not approachable. It, it is easier than it sounds when I say that, but I feel like there's that barrier to entry because it's like it's just so foreign to not listen to my mind. Totally. And I actually would love to ask you a question about, sure. have you, do you do the PHS primary health systems? 
Um, I'm diving into that a little bit more now. Um, I know I'm cold thirst, which has been really, really interesting. Um, I went back when I was doing my like physical healing journey and all of that. Um, I was trying to do the infrared saunas and I could never figure out why I like hated it and felt like I was going to die and yeah. melt all the time. But after learning about cold thirst, I was, and I love cryotherapy. Like you could put me in there like seven hours a day and I'd be <laughs> totally happy. And so I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. Cause my system just runs really hot. Um, but I haven't dug too far into that rave psychology and all that stuff is kind of my current and gene keys and I have like 17 interests so I can never like figure out where I want to go at the time but all of that is definitely more in the awareness these days totally well the reason I ask is and I just had a conversation with another gal about this the other day is like how much of the nutrition this is somewhere I'm looking to start playing is like what we've learned to be nutritious and nourishing for the body versus what our human design says is like the way to eat and nourish and move for our bodies. So I'd be really curious to, to run an experiment as well. And like cold thirst and looking at our digestion and, and environment and all of that kind of stuff in terms of eating. Yeah. Yeah. It's really fascinating to me. Um, I've had an ongoing conversation with one of my cold thirst friends about our experience because we don't really know a whole lot of people who are that yet. Um, it's definitely fascinating to me. And one of the things I kind of my, I think just because of my background and experience and everything, one of my like, not rules, that's not the word I'm looking for, but um, gosh, I don't know what word I'm Guidelines, looking for. Guidelines. Open head. Yeah. Framework. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, I really like for people to come at it from a, let's get ourselves to a like physical kind of set point. Um, let's kind of like dial in our nutrition from the, like, let's just, you know, basics, right? Like get rid of the processed foods, get rid of the, um, inflammatory oils and all that. So, so the body's running smoothly. So the hormones are happy. So, um, the mind is happy and the gut is happy from that very like physiological standpoint. And then let's layer in you know, things like digestive type and all of that, because we need to find that neutral point, I think, for the physical body so we can kind of understand these sensations. And so we're not um, priming the pump for anxiety and the mind to be going crazy. We're, I think we're giving ourselves the best shot if we kind of let the body come to that neutral point first, and then we start to really explore. And while I have people do that, I'm like, let's start playing with, you know, authority. Let's kind of understand profile. Let's understand energy type, just the basics, like start there. Um, and then we can go and because I, I don't know, I'm curious your perspective on this. I feel like people go a little balls to the wall and I feel like I'm guilty of this because I'm a one line. And so I'm like, I need to know all the things about this thing that I love like right now. Yeah. Um, but I think we go a little bit too hard sometimes in the information. I need to know all the things at once instead of let's slow it down, simplify, do a little less, get really good at trusting my authority, get really good at understanding how my energy operates, get really good at understanding like who am I, my, my profile and even a step beyond that, you know, do you have a dominant line that's not your profile line? So understand how you yourself operate on this most basic level and then we can start to layer in all that. So that's kind of my approach. I feel like I just went on a little rant, but. <laughs> I love it. No, I love this conversation. So I agree. I think for me, coming back to, to strategy and authority is so important for everybody, you know, and I think people try to jump into profile or um, gates and channels and all of that without actually mastering, mastering, I don't even like the word mastering, but like really <laughs> getting familiar with their strategy and authority. But here's what I will say. So 
I think for me personally, like food has always been a challenge and it was more so on the front of, I'm like reflecting as I'm saying this. So this is not like an actual deep experience yet. I'm going to (laughs) reflect on this after this, but here's what I'll say. I, um, I struggled a lot with like acne when I graduated um, college and was working. And so I was always struggling with acne. So I went right to food and I was also teaching a ton of fitness classes a week and running my body ragged, but also not losing weight. Although I look back at pictures now and I'm like, I don't think I, I think it was just a little bit of some body dysmorphia because I don't think I looked the way that I thought that I did at the time. Um, and I don't think my acne was as bad, but because it was new, it was something that I was fixating on. So from my personal experience, I've done so much, um, experimentation with food and with, um, all of that. I personally believe, and I'm realizing now that my acne had a lot more to do with when I was stressed out and not feeling grounded than it did have to do with, and when I wasn't following my strategy and authority, I think more so than what I was putting in my body, because I think I was in a state of stress. So whatever was going in was having that same effect because my skin has completely changed as I've settled my own nervous system. But here's what I will say, the times when I've found, and this is just personal experience. I'm not saying this is right for anybody else. (laughs) I am not an authority in this at all. But even just reflecting the times when I've actually felt like I, um, my body is in its happiest weight is when I'm not eating consistently. And when I've done like more intermittent fasting and all of that kind of stuff, which I know a lot of people are like, well, some people are like, that's great. And some people are like, that doesn't. And again, it's, I think it's more so running my own experiment, but I am starting to get really curious about it because I'm like, I'm a manifester. I don't have sacral authority. I tend to eat more when I'm around people and eat less when I'm completely by myself. And so I do think it's something very interesting that I'm wanting to experiment more with. And the same thing with movement, my body tends to be happy when I'm getting some consistent level of movement, but very unhappy when I was overworking out and just teaching a million fitness classes a week. Like I was burning out every two, three weeks. So I don't know. I, I agree. I think it's really important to stick with the, um, basics of human design. And I'm also starting to get personally in my own practice, just really kind of curious about my own experiences with eating and food and human design. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting. I'm, I'm so on board with all of that. Um, and I'm kind of reflecting back even to when I was kind of seeing nutrition clients, although that was short-lived because I was like, this isn't the thing, Yeah, <laughs> but, um, but that but was always my approach too. I did. <laughs> I had to try on all the things. Third line. I'm just going to try on all the things. Exactly. Um, but that was, I can totally see my third line in that too. Cause my approach was always experiment, play, try things on. And what works yep. for you now isn't necessarily going to work for you two weeks from now or six months from now. So like be flexible and adaptable. And like, it's so funny now I'm like, Oh my God, that's so third line. <laughs> Cause so many totally. people are like, this is the thing. And this is what I teach my clients. And this is what works. And I'm like, no, that actually might not work for you. Um, yeah. depending on your biology. So I feel like I, I was primed for <laughs> the human design and the bio individuality and the uniqueness and all the things even back then. Um, totally. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. Um, 
Beautiful. Well, this has been so fun. I have um, a couple more questions. That's the word. Um, A couple more questions. One of them is very fun and one of them is very normal for podcasts. So first wrap up question. Um, Every episode I share a what the fuck am I doing story. Um, This was kind of inspired by going off and doing the nomadic thing. I was like, I literally don't know what the fuck I'm doing right now so we'll just see and go along for the ride so this could be a current story or an old story whatever comes to mind but I would love for you to share a what the fuck is Jess doing story what the fuck am I doing oh my god I've had so many of those I'll share (laughs) but I'll share one like the first one that came to mind was like a negative one but I'm not going to share that one but I will share a what the fuck am I doing moment um it was the end of 2019 I'm going to say this, something I've been thinking about the last couple of days is any time that I feel myself in a place of like going, I don't really want to do this, but I should do this like, or this because and trying to like logically rationalize. It's never a good idea. So my what the fuck story (laughs) is at the end of 2019, it was September and I, (laughs) I sold my car bad idea because the pandemic was coming and I didn't know it. And I would need a car later, find out I needed a car. So I sold my car and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to go abroad because I really wanted to live in different countries. So my, what the fuck moment was I sold the car. I went out to Seattle with a friend and I was hanging there and I was like, what am I doing? Like, where am I going? What am I going to do? And a friend called me And he FaceTimed me and he's like, hey, I'm in Bali. And my whole body lit up and I was like, I'm coming. It was like a Sunday. (laughs) And I literally flew out on Thursday, like literally like four or five days later. I was like, okay, well, we're doing this. And I just went. I had no plans. Didn't realize I was going to come in the middle of the night and have to like figure it out. Like, you know, after flying 24 hours or however long it takes to get there. Um, and I knew nothing about Indonesia at all. Wow. So yeah. How fun. But yeah. did you have a great time? I had a great time. <laughs> the other thing I did was you have to book a 90, a 90, 30 day visa run. And I booked a flight to oh. Malaysia and did not realize that you had to have your shoulders and knees covered in Malaysia because they are religiously like you're supposed to. And thankfully my mom messaged me like an hour before I left and she's like, she was so upset that I was, had flown halfway across the world in the first place, but she was like, you know, you need to have your shoulders and thank God. Cause I had, it was 7,000 degrees in, in, you know, that part of the world. Um, and so I thankfully grabbed like the only shawl that I had that could go over my shoulders. So. Oh my goodness. That would have been so awful. So yeah. unintentional too. I would have like had a meltdown. Oh like, yeah. Oh. So well, bad. I'm glad you had an amazing time. That sounds yeah. great. I want someone to call me and invite me to Bali. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't even invite me. I just was like, okay, I'll be there. He's like, what? Oh I'm like, yeah, I I'm love coming. It. <laughs> That's yeah. that. Inform. I'm coming. Exactly. Oh my God. I love it. Um, and then the last question, or maybe not really question, but just plug yourself, tell everyone where they can find you, connect with you, all the things. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me. My website is www.loveyourwoo.com, W-O-O. And then I'm on Instagram at loveyourwoo. And then I've got the Love Your Woo podcast and soon to come the Human Design and Dating podcast. I can't wait for that one. Yeah. I'm so excited to tune in. I'm going to be Me like too. refreshing until it comes out. So. Yep. Yep. I love it. Love it. Well, thank you so much for being here. This was so fun and I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. 
All right, my friends, I hope you really enjoyed that conversation with Jess. Please reach out to her on Instagram. You'll find all of her information in the show notes. I'm sure she'd love to hear from you. If you enjoyed this episode, I also invite you to share it on social media or share it with a friend. You know, if you share on Instagram, make sure to tag me and Jess so we can see it and say hi. And as always, if you enjoyed this episode, if you're enjoying this show, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps me. I am so grateful for your support. I read all of the reviews and I'm so appreciative of every single one. If you do leave a review and you screenshot it and you DM it to me first, I will send you a link to a super secret, not that crazy playlist that I curate specifically for my listeners. It's just a way of saying thank you for supporting me, supporting the show, all the good things and keep this train moving. Um, and as the topic of today was all about human design, I wanted to remind you about the 60 minute readings that I have with that optional three days of Voxer support. The link to that is in the show notes. If you want to have the more traditional reading, hop into there. We can go into all the details with as much woo or as little woo as feels good for you. And then, like I said, that add-on is for three days of support. doesn't have to be consecutive. You can use them within a month after your reading. And this is just really to give you a space to ask questions as you start to implement all of the information from the reading, to get strategies and techniques and reflections from me as you go. I find that having someone to really walk with you through the process, especially at the beginning, is so, so helpful. So this is just another way of adding a little bit of extra support for you for that. The other option for you is Immerse, which is my three-week human design crash course. This one, over the course of three weeks, we go over the basics of what you need to know in a super tangible, friendly, approachable way. So it's slowed down, stripped down just a little bit. I and focus less on the lingo. Honestly, I could care less if you know exactly what type and what profile you are. I'm just worried about you taking that information and really embodying it and using it to your best advantage on trying things on. Because as you heard in this episode, human design has benefited both me and Jess so incredibly, and I know it will do the same for you. So the link for that is in the show notes as well. I will leave you with this random musing of the week. This has come up in conversation so many times over the past, I don't know, maybe month or so. But like, when did we lose hobbies, y'all? <laughs> I've had so many conversations with so many people, with clients, in masterminds that I'm a part of, even with myself, if we're being completely honest. Like, I don't know when we lost the ability to just like have fun for the sake of fun. Like, I literally had someone ask me, like, what do you mean a hobby? Like, I don't have any hobbies. Like, go out there find something that you like to do, find a new skill that you can acquire, do it just for fun. That is such an important use of your energy. It doesn't have to be like productive shit all the time. It's actually really good for your mental health to not do productive shit that just brings you joy and lights you up. Maybe I should do a whole episode on that and how that relates to the energy of the different types, all the things. Now I'm just bubbling myself a new idea here. But <laughs> anyway, I'll leave you with that for today. I hope you enjoyed, as I already said, but you know, never hurts to add it again. Have a beautiful rest of your day, my friends. I will see you here next week. Bye. Bye.